KTAR News Coronavirus Report. She's Ashley Flood, KTAR News Managing Editor. I am Joe Heizinga. This is the KTAR Coronavirus Report. 151 new cases of the coronavirus confirmed Wednesday morning, bringing Arizona's total to just over 2,700, 2,726. And we're now at a total of 80 deaths. I believe that increased seven from the previous day. We are just over 33,000 tests given, 33,375 tests. Uh, We can dive more into the numbers as we go along here. A couple big things stand out to me. You and I had a conversation last week where I know that you reached out to the AZDHS, the Department of Health Services here in Arizona, and you were interested in receiving data that would be more specific to city as opposed to the counties, how they're currently breaking down. Why did you want it by city? So I just feel that if we had a breakdown of each city individually, um, like this is how many cases are in Scottsdale, this is how many cases are in Phoenix, this is how many are in Flagstaff, Sholo, and break it down city by city, Mm -hmm. that people might take um, coronavirus a little bit more seriously because they see, okay, well, I live in the city of Phoenix and I see there are like, say, for example, 200 cases or however many cases Um, You know, I would think, wow, I should probably be staying home and taking a lot of precautions. Um, But when you hear, oh, Maricopa County has, you know, X amount of cases, um, it's not as like hard hitting um, to, to a person. A person can't. I guess, like connect, like, connect to it as well as they could connect to it if it was a city. I know um, in California they're doing this. Um, I believe in, like, portions of Coconino County they're starting to do this. Um, but part of the reason why the Arizona Department of Health Services um, isn't wanting to do that is because a lot of people are still – they're either working um, or perhaps they live, like – Say they live in Phoenix, but they could go grocery shopping or go um, perform essential businesses or essential business in like the city of Scottsdale or the city of Glendale. So it's not a true number is kind of what they're getting at. And they don't want people to kind of feel safe, if that makes sense, like feel safe as in like, well, I live in the city of Phoenix and say there's, for example, 200 cases in Scottsdale, um, but there's only, say, 120 in in Phoenix, um, you know, they might feel a little bit safer considering their city has less case numbers. Um, But I don't think that's the case. I think it would make people just more aware. So the three biggest counties right now in Arizona in terms of cases, Maricopa County has 1,559 cases, then Pima County, 464 cases, and Navajo County with 240 right now. Uh, Coconino, you mentioned as well, 186. And you and I went back and forth on this, and I said, look, I, I, I understand what you're asking for. You know, let's say somebody lives in Peoria, And, you know, they want to know what the data is for Peoria. You brought this up as well. My challenge to you is, well, yeah, but most people who live in Maricopa County are probably doing some work in Phoenix. And, you know, just because you live in Peoria doesn't mean you don't travel to Phoenix. Let's say somebody lives there, but then, like you mentioned, does essential business or works in Phoenix 
what do you put them down as? You're going to put them down based on the city where they live or, you know, I've, I've seen zip codes be asked for as well. So you would put them down based on the zip code where they live. But to me, that can provide a false sense of security or just a a number that isn't necessarily real. And, and you could see the same thing as well with the counties even. And and I understand that, look, the counties are bigger than cities for the most part, but I'm sure there's people who travel between Maricopa and Pima County. So do you really know for sure, hey, it's 1,559 cases in Maricopa County? We know that's where those people are, but it doesn't mean that they're not in other counties at other times as well. So the the, the health department and actually Pinal County have been sued by uh, an Arizona state lawmaker and also a couple mayors, the mayor for Florence and also Apache Junction, are suing the AZDHS and um, Pinal County because they want zip code data related to coronavirus cases. And to me, there's no perfect answer on all of this. And even if we saw those numbers, at the end of the day, the numbers are higher than what's actually out there because of all the asymptomatic people. So we'll never really know. Well, yeah, that's true. And that's what's so scary about this virus is because people um, can spread the virus without having symptoms and then they can spread it to, you know, our vulnerable population. Um, That's what's so scary about the virus. And then we also know that there is a huge, huge shortage of tests here in Arizona. Mm -hmm. Um, The Arizona Department of Health Services Director, Kara Christ, um, in her briefing yesterday, she mentioned um, how much of a big shortage that they have. Um, and, of course, as much as they would like to provide tests for as many people as they could, um, they just don't have the resources to do that right now. And the other issue, too, uh, according to an email from AZDHS to uh, Kelly Townsend, who was the uh, lawmaker on this, and also a couple of those mayors who I mentioned as well, the release of the requested information for zip codes isn't allowed under state law right now. So they'd have to either change state law or the governor would have to issue an executive order. And he's issued, what, 19 executive orders in all now? I believe he's issued 19. Um, I know he recently issued more today. Mm-hmm. Um, so so he it, was, just... it was like 19 as of yesterday. And none of those executive orders had called for this. But one thing that Governor Ducey did call for is the state is also now requiring medical providers to report more statistics. And some of those things that are out there, the number of inpatient COVID-19 positive patients or patients with suspected COVID-19. And to me, that's kind of tough because what I've seen, the latest numbers that I saw say that 93% of those, you know, 33,000 plus tests are still coming back negative. So now we're asking medical professionals to take an educated guess, I guess. Which is kind of shocking and it's a little bit alarming. But at the same time, if you at this point, you're supposed to, you know, we've been advised by health officials. If you suspect that you have COVID-19, if you have been given a test, um, you're you're still supposed to self-quarantine. Mm-hmm. I mean, even if you don't have any symptoms, you're still supposed to act as if you do have it and then act as if others have it and just, you know, proceed with, with caution. Um, but I think that if, you know, our healthcare providers are going to be making, you know, these educated guesses on how many people have it versus how many don't, 
and putting that on a website, I think that is going to be kind of fear-mongering. Um, but at the same time, we don't know just how many cases there are. They're saying that, you know, this is how many cases we have today, but there's still so many other cases that they haven't been able to test for sure. for whatever reason, because either the tests are being denied, people aren't meeting the proper requirements for the test, um, or we just don't have enough tests. And then ABC News Chief Medical Correspondent uh, Jennifer Ashton joined Gatos and Chad last week, and she said basically any number you hear in terms of cases on coronavirus, basically add a zero onto it is how she put it out there. So, you know, if we're hearing, you know, 3,000, that's probably more like 30,000. And, you know, if you're hearing, you know, what is it, 110,000 in the United States or over 100,000, that would be, you know, then a little over a million in her opinion, in terms of all across the country. So some of the other things that Governor Ducey's called for medical providers to report statistics on, number of ventilators in use by COVID-19 positive patients or patients with suspected COVID-19, number of ICU beds in use by COVID-19 positive patients or patients with suspected uh, COVID-19, number of COVID-19 positive patients or patients with suspected COVID-19 discharged from the facility per day, uh, number of patients or... I'm just going to stop saying suspected because that's on all of these. But the number of COVID-19 positive patients seen in the emergency department per day and the number of intubations performed per day for respiratory distress. And the last one, the estimated number of N95 masks, surgical masks, face shields and surgical gowns used per day. And all of this data is valuable in some sense. I do think people would like to know these things, particularly I think people want to know how many people are being discharged from the emergency department. And a question that we heard yesterday at Governor Ducey's press conference is how many people have have now been healed? How many, you know, so we know the cases. And the only case that I that I know that's been talked about at all in Arizona in terms of that person is out of quarantine is from months ago, that person who was a member of the ASU community, I remember you know, stories were were done and they vaguely said, yes, this person is now out of quarantine. They're healthy. They're back in society. But these other cases that we've heard, these, you know, 2000 plus, we don't know how many of these people have healed, are done with quarantine. Are they still being counted? Uh, we understand that they had it. But if they're healed, that's very different than if they're still sick. And yes, we want this data. But my problem is, is I also don't want to overwhelm healthcare officials, and I want them to focus on helping people and treating cases. And if this is taking anybody away from doing that and focusing on coronavirus and actually making sure people are better, it concerns me a little bit as well that we're going to have all these people working on data and not necessarily on treating the problem at hand. Does that make sense? It does make sense. And I was just thinking about that one case um, with the ASU community member and Mm -hmm. how um, I I believe it was health officials had told us that like CDC officials, um, I guess, were going and checking on this person um, who had the virus. And I'm thinking, well, now that we have, you know, however many cases it is that we have at this point, the 1300 cases, um, like how, how are they doing that now? Are they sending people (laughs) out? Are they sending CDC officials out? for every single case? I'm not sure. I I don't believe so. I don't think that we, if I had to make a guess, I don't think that we have those kind of resources. Right. Um, But at the same time, you know, 
is it something that they're checking in on? So, and I do know that in order um, for you to kind of be, at least in the first case that we saw with the ASU community member, um, you have, or the individual had to test negative twice. So are they also including those numbers in the testing kits or in the, you know, the total number that is on the state health department website? Mm-hmm. That's another question that we don't, we don't really know. Yep. So we do know uh, testing right now, a little bit over 33,000 uh, tests have been put out there. And it, uh, AZDHS is constantly updating the number. Every week it seems to grow now by a little over 10,000 over the last couple of weeks. And I saw a story last night as well that Walgreens is going to get involved in a number of states, Arizona being one of them mm-hmm. as well, to have some drive-up testing as well, which is a positive sign. And to me, ultimately, that is how the country will beat this, and that is how Arizona will beat this, is the more people that you can test and ultimately I would like to see everybody tested because that number of asymptomatic people I've heard is anywhere from 25 up to 50 percent of the people who actually have COVID-19. The more people you can get tested, the better off we'll be because then you know who truly needs to be in quarantine and who can actually, you know, get back to work, get the economy jump started again and who needs to stay at home. That's true. But then at the same time, like say you are you are asymptomatic and then you test negative. What's to say that you don't go to the grocery store? And then now what a few days later you can test positive and like be asymptomatic or, you know, it's just a very it's a very scary virus. It, it certainly is. And, you know, we'll wrap up here right now. You've been working from home now since when? Oh, gosh, since like the second week of March, I think. So I think I'm on almost a full month of working from home. And and are you comfortable divulging why you've been working from home so long? Um, well, I've been working from home for over a month now because I'm pregnant. I'm actually due in two weeks now. So it's very exciting. It, it is exciting, um, but it's also a challenge yeah. because I do still have to go to my doctor every week. Um, this week, my doctor actually called me and They are limiting their hours in the office, so they're actually, like, closing on certain days. Um, And then they're also forcing you to wear a mask. If I come to an appointment and I don't have a mask, they'll turn me away, I believe. Um, And your husband can't go in with you to the appointments, right? Yep, he can't go into any of the appointments. Um, So it's just myself. And then most of the time when I go in the waiting room, it's just me in the waiting room. (laughs) Um, So it's really weird. As soon as you, like, walk in through the elevator... You um, get your temperature taken. You have to fill out a form um, that kind of explains, um, like, you uh, you agree basically to give them this information um, that you haven't had a fever, you haven't been exposed to anyone who has COVID-19 symptoms, um, you haven't been out of the country in the past two weeks, and um, you haven't been exposed to anyone who's been out of the country in the past two weeks. And then what's working from home been like for you? Because I know that, you know, obviously a number of people here at KTAR have been working from home now. I'm working from home three days a week and only coming in for a couple hours when I when I need to get some things ready for the shows or have a couple real quick meetings. But what have been the biggest challenges for you and and what's it like not seeing any of us? 
It's very weird not seeing anyone. It's literally just my husband and I. So, I mean, like the most human interaction that we get is if we say hi to a neighbor, which is really weird. Um, But for the (laughs) most part, like working from home has been fine. Um, It's definitely has its challenges in terms of, you know, you work for a radio station. It's very hard to do radio from home. Um, But we're making it work. So it kind of just depends. I mean, I personally kind of enjoy it, but I definitely miss being in the office and being with everyone. Um, But at the same time, I know that this is the best place for me. So it sure is. She's KTAR Managing Editor Ashley Flood. I'm Joe Huizinga. This is the KTAR Coronavirus Report.